Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. We're also on Dash Radio. If you want to get the Dash Radio app, download it for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single night at 7 p.m. Yes, even through the off season. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. That's where you can find the latest episode of Full Court Press. Our guy Alex Salito was on there tonight with Marco and Ariel and Gad and also Adam Barai. So make sure that you check that out. We'll probably put that on the feed here, but go to the YouTube channel first. We've got plenty of content there. Also, you can find on the YouTube channel, the entire Pat Riley presser from last week. So if you want to hear everything that he said, make sure that you go over to the YouTube channel. Also five reasonsports.com. Brady Hawk's got a new article about Dwayne Dedman. He's going through all the players on the heat, what they did well, what they can do better. So that has no paywall there. Unlike the newspapers and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. If you want to bet, you got to go to mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag. The baseball season of course is still going. The NBA season is in the playoffs. We're now in the second round. Make sure you go to mybookie.ag. Sign up. Use the promo code 5, F-I-V-E. That's F-I-V-E. You get your first deposit match up to 1000 bucks. That's right, the code 5. Going to match up to 1000 bucks. You want to play blackjack? Get in one of those weekly tournaments, giving you and your friends a crack at prize pools up to 50 grand. So go to mybookie.ag. they got a great live platform. You can bet during the games, NBA game, not going the way you thought it would. Bet it at halftime. Bet it in the third quarter. Just bet it. Mybookie.ag. Use the code 5. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Do it from your phone at mybookie. And now, tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. We're kind of in episode three of our Pat Riley series based off his press conference. We handled sort of the big picture stuff in episode one. We talked about Bam out of bio, whether or not he could be a takeover player. We're literally going through like all of Riley's answers and we're pretty much giving you an episode on each. So the last one was on Bam out of bio, which is in response to questions that I asked. Uh, tonight, we're going to get into Tyler Hero in response to questions that Ira Winterman and the Suns at the Sun Sentinel asked. So we're going to do that here in a second. I've got Alex with me. I've got Greg with me. This is what Pat Riley said when asked about Tyler Hero and the way Ira put it, his sophomore slump. About a commitment to both Duncan and Tyler Hero. There were some rumors out there. There were some mentioned possibilities for those two. Tyler seemed to tail off a little bit at the end. I don't know if it's a sophomore slump. I don't know if it's teams getting a scattering report on him, but it was pretty dramatic. Um, what are your thoughts on where Tyler Hero stands as an asset, as a player, as a core player? He's a core player. Uh, that's all there is to it. Um, look, at, when we got swept by Milwaukee, that was an absolute uh, team uh, breakdown. It, it wasn't any one individual. You, you, when, when you get blown out like that and, and you get, you know, beaten by a great team, uh, it isn't one any individual. Uh, Tyler Hero is a core player for us. Uh, you might have hit it on the head, Ira. You know, maybe he had a sophomore jinx or whatever. But, uh, you know, when we drafted, you know, Tyler, 
and KZ, and then we signed Jimmy. That was 22 months ago. Uh, and over the last 22 months, uh, from the night that he stepped up on that stage with Adam Silver in that swag coat <laughs> and necklace was a wonderful night for him and for us. And he put the heat hat on, you know, and, and then he went and electrified a, a lot of people in this arena uh, and uh, in this city and especially our coaches in this organization. So uh, Tyler's a core player. Uh, he'll figure it out. We'll figure it out with him. But, you know, what happened to him going down the stretch? Uh, I actually thought he got better as a player. If you think about his first year or his first 35 or 40 games, he was he really was strictly a catch and shoot type of player coming off screens and catching and shooting. And the only way that he was ever going to become more of a complete offensive player is he had to improve his ball handling with both his right hand and his left hand. And he did. He's an exceptional ball handler. And now he can create space and get into gaps and raise on jumpers from almost anywhere. So this year was, was really a step up, not experimenting, but he did a lot of probing and dribbling and going in to the gaps and driving baseline and dribbling back out the other side. And, and that's sort of the nature of a score. And, and so he and K-9 are scorers and, and, and we expect his shooting now to even get even better in, in those situations. As far as uh, the other parts of his games, I think as he, as he grows up, he's going to, uh, and what I mean, grow in maturity as a player, that he'll get better across the board. But uh, he's a core player, Ira. I'm not concerned about him. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Alex Salido and Greg Sylvander. So I thought that was an interesting answer, Greg, from this perspective. We know that Pat uses the end-of-year press conference to pump his assets. Um, he wants to let you know he feels good about someone. He's not the only one around the league who does this. Rick Carlisle ridiculously said yesterday after Chris Jobs Porzingis averaged three rebounds in the first round, he said that Porzingis is finally healthy. Everybody knows that Dallas is not happy with Porzingis and they're looking to replace him as he's expensive and he's injured, but Carlisle's pumping an asset. Now Pat is pumping an asset here too, although Tyler Hero is, was not as disappointing as Porzingis and he's also not as expensive as Porzingis, not nearly, not nearly close rate it on a scale of one to 10. How truthful do you think that answer was from Pat about being satisfied with, with hero, his development as a ball handler, other things like that, his overall improvement and how much of that. So let's go scale. One is he's pumping an asset. 10 is he really believes all that stuff. Uh, I'm going to go seven, maybe six and a half somewhere in that neighborhood. I felt like um, he, truthfully, like there isn't very much to be down on Tyler hero for when you think about his age and, and just how good he is at this age. But this is where this gets weird is that I think that Riley is now faced with this situation where he needs to find the third guy and kind of establish this roster. And I think last year there was this overarching hope and maybe i trafficked some of it that tyler hero could become that guy that soon and that was like best case scenario on a rookie contract cost control it was just the perfect thing and it just hasn't quite played out like that 
So I do think that that was kind of pumping an asset. He also said kind things about Duncan and Kendrick Nunn, but particularly Hero to include him in the he is a core piece, I think is an important thing for him that he said. But at the very beginning of the presser, when he talked about Jimmy and Bam, and he talked about that those guys weren't mistakes, he didn't mention Hero then. He didn't. And I feel like there's the maybe word with Hero, right? Like, Jimmy used the maybe word with Tyler Hero making decisions along with Jimmy and Bam, right? And I feel like Pat waiting until he was asked about Hero to include Hero as a core piece is kind of also, again, using the maybe word. Let, let, let's get into specifics of it, though, Alex. He spoke about his ball handling um, more so than his shooting. We know that the shooting dropped off this year. Some of it was the spots he got the ball in. Some of it was other responsibilities. Some was he just didn't shoot the ball well. Some of it may have been the bubble thing, although to me, that's the least viable of the explanations because Tyler Hero didn't shoot very differently in the bubble than he did in the regular season prior to the bubble as a rookie like that that really didn't go up that percentage okay uh, but when he talks about his ball handling why first thing Alex is he a good ball handler now in your view um good enough to to be say a starting guard in the league uh and and again why do you think that Pat focused on that well, I do agree that he's a good ball handler, specifically when you put it on a, on like a relative scale for his position, his age and all the things Leif was talking about there as far as the perspective. And like to me, I almost agree with Leif also in the same stuff when, when, when you asked about the, the, the scale, whether or not it was, you know, you're trying to figure out how much is he pumping the asset, how much does he believe it? I believe that he believes everything he's saying, but you you just spoke about it very well there. It's, you know, does he fit in the time frame enough? Is he somebody you have to give up in order to get to that next level? And I think that's going to be the real juncture. I don't really doubt that he believes this stuff. And when he like just reading the quotes and after having listened to it again and having been on it on, on that Zoom call, I agree with everything he said there. Like he, he talks about how he's a good ball handler. He talks about how, you know, when he came in the league, he was more of a guy who would come off of screens, catching and shooting. And now he's just, you know, he said basically to become a more complete, complete offensive player, you know, you had to do more stuff, whether it be right hand and left hand. And he's better at that now He's saying he could. The one thing I wasn't, you know, uh, completely agreeing on was saying that he can create space. I think he, he uh, for somebody with his lack of size, he can do it OK. But I'm, I'm, that's the one thing I didn't really agree with. But he said he can get into gaps and raise on jumpers from almost everywhere. I, I agree with that. Like he got more skilled this year. I do still think you can be a starting guard because Kendrick Nunn can be a starting guard. And I kind of categorize them right now as similar types of players like scoring guards. And that's exactly what Pat did, by the way, in this press conference. He said he and K-9 are scorers. And he said, and we expect the shooting now to get even better in those situations. Like, I, I felt the same, man. I think both of those guys are similar type of players. And he believes it. Doesn't mean he won't trade them. Ethan, like, it seemed like Pat talked more basketball about mm -hmm. Tyler than any other player in the press conference. Like everything else was more narrative driven and kind yeah, of responding yep. to media stuff. Except like all the stuff no. Alex just mentioned was really basketball-y. You know well, what I mean? I, I, but there Absolutely. was, I think the BAM thing though, the putting him in better positions, which we talked about in the last pod, but you're right. I mean, other than that, Pat doesn't tend to kind of deep dive on the basketball stuff. You know, what's funny is that even when Pat was making his legend, Pat was not really known as a great game coach. Uh, that's not really, you know, with the Lakers, I mean, part of it was, you know, there was this perception you could just throw the balls out with, you know, with that group. I mean, he had what four hall of famers uh, or three hall of famers and a couple, well, 
one coming off the bench. I mean, he, he, he had a lot of talent. We know that. Um, and even in New York, like, he wasn't wasn't really known as the basketball. It was he he created this culture there of toughness, Master motivator, phys, physicality, right? Like drawing the most out of guys like Starks and Mason. Um, I don't know that Pat has ever sort of gotten. I don't know if it's gotten the credit for it or that that it really matched up in the sense where it, he's talked about as like this basketball genius. It's more he's he's known as sort of a motivational and managerial genius. So he doesn't do a ton of that, whereas Spo could do that stuff if on the side, he doesn't want to do it publicly. But on the side, Spo would do that all day long, okay? Uh, that's, that's not as much Pat. I, I do think that when – some of the things you're talking about with Tyler, and this is kind of a good place to transition this conversation, is that I, I think Pat probably does believe a lot of this stuff, but also as he's talking about him getting better – you can also sort of hear the clock ticking in, in his head. Like, Absolutely. And, and, right. And it's like, is he going to get better fast enough? And, and that gets to this question again of whose timeline are they on? Are they on Jimmy and Pat's timeline, which I mean, Pat's 76 now. Right. Okay. And sounds like he's going to do this thing forever. But he's 76 it's Jimmy's extension. That's that window. That's the window. But then, okay. So, so Tyler at that stage, like, like I put up a poll, like who would, and again, I did it in a game where, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. Had one of his awful games, which he can have. Okay. But I put up this poll, like whose next three years would you want hero or, or Tim Hardaway Jr. And I think you and Adam both said uh, hero 60% of our audience said hero, which is not surprising because it's a heat audience, but also Tim is a name that's known. I mean, he used to run around the locker room down here. Um, but honestly, I might take Tim Hardaway's next couple years over Tyler's. I don't know that I would take it after that. Yeah. I wouldn't hard disagree that with that either. You know what I mean? Like I thought that that was actually a very interesting question. It's just more Same. about, I know that the cost of the two is going to be so different. And mm -hmm. there's, so there's an element of that that I'm taking into consideration. No, that's true. That's true. I, I just, it, to me, it is all about timeline. It's about timeline and upside, right? Like, how long are you going to wait and what are you waiting for? Okay. Like you're willing to wait three or four years. If you're going to get a guy with kind of Tyler's moxie as he's developing those skills. But I just wonder, and I'll go to either of you guys on this. Like what is the upside? Like what are, what are, he, he does have certain physical limitations. Let's just acknowledge them. Okay. I mean, whether you go back to the short arms thing or just overall, you know, it doesn't have elite quickness. Okay. Or, or that he has, he has great feel for the game. Uh, for sure. Um, he seems to be a hard worker. I, you know, again, I taught, you know, I, we reported about the focus issues and stuff like that. I, I don't think that was serious. I just think that the heat was concerned. It wasn't trending in the right direction. Um, but what, what is the upside? Like, is it, it, I mean, people said Trey young, Devin Booker. It doesn't look like that to me. Is it, is it Lou Williams? And if it's Lou Williams, how long are you, are you waiting for a Lou Williams, Greg? Like that's, that's, or Alex, either of you jump in here. Like, go, go ahead, like, go on. I, I mean, I'll just quickly say that I think that, I, I, and I used to, like, I have to just own that. I used to say, like, oh, he, he's going to take the Steph Curry leap, and everybody kind of jumped on that because he had that quality initially that, like, he just didn't know when he was going to have an offensive outburst. But, like, the Lou Williams thing this year, you started to see more and more of kind of the downsides of Hero physically and stuff like that. So I'll just say this. I think probably the most realistic best case scenario 
If I look at CJ McCollum's statistics, he's 22 a game, 45% shooting, 38 to 40% from three on seven or eight attempts. And we're talking four rebounds, four assists. That's probably what, like, if Tyler Hero really pans out, that's what you're like. That's a damn good stat line. So is that what we're waiting on? And is that similar shot profile? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of. Alex, you're right. Well, we made that comparison. I mean, well, actually, I think I've made that comparison early on. Like, I, I you know, I looked at Hero. He mentioned CJ. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but let's let's take this seriously. A, can he be as good as CJ? And second, as good as CJ is, okay, and he's really good. He's never made an all-star team. The Blazers are thinking of breaking that thing up clearly, right? So, like, we're saying, okay, best case scenario is he develops a CJ McCollum profile, Alex, right? Absolute best case scenario. But is that best case? So, are you, is that worth waiting for? I mean, I think that's an honest question. Like, if, if he's not going to, if he's not going to get there in the next two years and the Heat are evaluating this, or like, do we want to wait two or three years to see if he becomes CJ McCollum, or do we want to trade this for is, CJ yeah, McCollum? And so, I do think that, like, it's a decent comparison because he's not necessarily athletically gifted in any way. You know, it's not like he's a very bulky dude. He's obviously uh, a lot more bulky than Tyler hero, but that's not saying much. It's just like they, they come off screens and they they can kind of shoot from different spots on the floor. They're, I don't know. Like I think CJ is more of a three level scorer than Tyler, but I think that's kind of like if Tyler were to put everything together at his absolute best, I think he, he could be that type of player. I just wouldn't bet on, that I do think he could be a good starter for you, a good six man, and will be. Now, the other question you talk about there is interesting, and I've just kind of gone back and forth on it because it's like, yeah, I'm not against uh, trading for – I mean, trading Tyler if there's like a really good opportunity out there, but that's really the question is like what it's what, – what are the things out there that are that are worth pulling the trigger on, especially when you get into some of the cap stuff. And, by the way, we got into a lot of that on Full Court Press uh, earlier today, and if you guys want to check that out, but – like, Our time will come. There you go. I mean, save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Look, Goran and Andre have player options and they can get to certain numbers to acquire more players through that. Like if they if they want to try to acquire a second name this summer, let's say they go after Lowry and, and they want to do something else. Like, I don't know, man. It feels like the, the, the trade Tyler thing is very, very complicated. He's at a low number rookie scale. I wonder what the trade would be that's out there that makes sense for both teams. Just because it's like, are you going to get somebody worth trading him for? especially with where his value is at right now. Do you think other teams believe in him becoming CJ McCollum? And by the way, I would trade for CJ McCollum. Okay, good. Because let's stay on this before we go to part two of this. We know the cost is dramatically different. I mean, CJ McCollum is much more expensive at this stage than Tyler Hero. He's much older than Tyler Hero. Uh, He's got a lot of wear on him. He's had some injuries in recent years. Nothing's too significant, but he's had some injuries. I mean, right now, I mean, let's just say this. Is it worth, and you're, if you're saying, well, there's two questions with this. One, is it worth flipping Hero's potential for the now and the price 
of CJ McCollum. Obviously, there's other things that would need to happen there. And also, does getting CJ McCollum with Jimmy and Bam, is that sufficient enough to make you a top two or three team in the East for sure? Because that's why you're doing it. For, for right? sure. I, I don't think anybody can say for sure, but I do think that it gets a um it gets them a lot closer than I think Heat fans collectively are giving them credit for. I think that the way that the season the season ended, people are slightly discounting how good Jimmy and Bam can really be. Um, I, I would just say this, like it, where where the trade hero thing becomes re- really viable to me is like if you get Lowry somehow and then you need to shore up the front court so you like let's say attach hero to Iguodala's team option mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't go get CJ McCollum because you just spent right. and allocated so much of your resources to the backcourt with Lowry so you're so like that's where this can get a little convoluted in how we go about it but just the raw conversation hero or McCollum for me I want whoever's going to help Jimmy in a pivotal playoff game in this next two to three year window so um, Greg so Greg who so I'll give you two choices then who helps him more uh, Lowry or McCollum Kyle Lowry price is about the same I think so too but it's not I don't think it's a big gap and by the way I'm not opposed to somehow finding a way to, you know, acquire them both. I think you could make that work. And, you know, it's a budget allocation conversation, right? Like, you know, at that point you would have to, you would not have a lot to do in the front court and you just kind of go, you go after veteran guys. Maybe you, you can get a Jeff Green to go along with Ariza. You bring back Deadman and you just kind of put something together there. But I, they've got flexibility, right? And so that's why I'm like, I wonder if they're going to need to trade Tyler. Now, if you're talking about a bigger name and throwing him as a part of a bigger package, that's where I can kind of see it happening. And I, I don't think he's going to fit this time frame. Like I think he could be a good player for them, but there's not a lot that I think they have to trade. And he's one of them. You've come around to my, you've come around to my thinking on this. I I think. Yeah. Yeah. You've come around to it. So, so let me ask you this question. If he's here next year, and then I want to get to a, a sort of a corollary topic, corollary topic with you guys after the break. If he's here next year, what are the chances? Because last year at the end of the season, I think I said, I think we all said, Tyler's going to start next year. That's going to be the plan this offseason. He's going to start. And he did for about a week and a half, two or three weeks. Uh, and then he never really got to play with the core group. It was kind of unfair. He got dumped back to the bench, Dragic in and out, all kinds of issues that were going on there. Put a percentage. If he's here next year, Greg, percentage that he's a starter day one, that they give it another shot. Uh, I don't know, 30%. Alex, wow. what do you think? I think about half of that. I think it's going to be 10 or 15% just because wow. it feels like, you know, uh, there's a decent shot. They they bring in a guard who would play over him. And then not only that, you already feel decent about Kendrick Nunn as a starter. You haven't really seen him be a, a great bench player. And I know Tyler was up and down this year, but I just think they feel a little bit more comfortable sticking Tyler there. Like, you know, he's a younger guy still. Let him earn the spot. Let him earn the spot. Like, I, I think yeah. we got a little bit down on the, the time that he did have as a starter. And I know we talked about it in a couple of pods. And he was still a decently productive player. They weren't winning a lot of games. They were going through rough circumstances. I, I'm just not as down on Tyler in the short term or, or long term as other people. It just it gets tough when you talk about the, the team building perspective. I do think, in theory, he can be a starter for this team. 
I want to get into a corollary topic in a second. I, I think uh, it's an interesting topic that we should bounce around here. Uh, before we do, I want to talk about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Biscayne Bay Brewing, the only independent brewery in South Florida. They're building a tap house in Miami right down the street from whatever the heck they're calling the arena now. This is the official beer of the Miami Marlins and of Five Reasons Sports. They got the Pastime Pilsner, the Tropical Bay IPA, the Marlins Lager, the Miami Pale Ale. I just shared some with some of the guys three yards per carry around the network yesterday. I had a good time with it. Make sure you ask for it by name if you're at a restaurant, but you can find it now at Publix, Whole Foods, and all the convenience stores in town. They're starting to stock it just about everywhere. So make sure you get it again. The Tropical Bay IPA, the Marlins Lager, the Miami Pale Ale, the Pastime Pilsner, the official beer of Five Reasons Sports, Biscayne Bay Brewing. All right, here's another topic. We're watching Josh Richardson, and, I mean, he looks lost. Justice Winslow can't get off the bench in Memphis. Derek Jones Jr. was not in the rotation for Portland after signing a contract. Uh, you go suit even suit, right? You go back, you go back even further into the heat archives. Hassan Whiteside had no role this year. Uh James, James Johnson had a minimal role this year. Ronnie Magruder had a minimal role this year. And this is kind of what, not, not that all of, you know, that all of these guys had the potential of Tyler hero, but it does kind of, again, get back to this point. And again, it's a little bit of a shot to me because I was hesitant about sort of giving up the depth and the young players, you know, to go get a star, even though that's been the thing that's worked for the heat, the best, right. You know, we know, you know, obviously Glenn Rice was kind of a star. We've talked about that. They gave him up for Zoe, uh, you know, Lamar Odom and Karan Butler, they give up and, you know, they get Shaq and obviously that worked out. Josh Richardson, they gave up for Jimmy Butler. Obviously, that's worked out. But just, Greg, looking at how, I mean, has anybody performed better? I'm, I, was, I was trying to think of something. Like, from, from, like, the last four or five years, has anybody performed better outside of Miami? We talk about random scrub heat killers, but it does seem Mo like. Well, Harkless. Well, Harkless. Yeah, I, I'm not going to claim The lowest him. of bars. Anybody who goes to Sacramento doesn't count. Um, and Anybody. Like when I think through this, you're you're right. Like I can't think. Really of a read. Guy. I mean, Shabazz Napier kind of had moments where like he looked like he could uh, like assemble a career, but like that's even like not really. It never really took place. Uh, you could go further back when Toronto like got excited about Jason Capono and Ray for Alston and gave them money and they left. Uh, Mike James Darrell too. Wright. Maybe they paid. Um, Mike- well, but Terrell was so Terrell's interesting, but Terrell was so young. I yeah. I Ike Austin. I mean, that trade didn't work out because it was for Brent Barry, but I cost never did anything outside of here. No. I'm just, and, and that's even too far back to your point, Ethan, like in the last four to five right. years, there's, there's in the Spolstra development years in the years that he's been developing players. Again, I'm trying to come up with something that's counter to the narrative. Patrick the fact Beverly. that Eric just, who's that? Patrick Beverly. Yeah, that's, that might be the one, but again, that wasn't, as a heat development thing that was and it's also they, not trading a core asset and then being like oh my gosh like think about indiana they traded Kawhi leonard mm-hmm. for george hill and then they traded paul george like like there's not like like think about all the different th- times that they're like my gosh i can't believe we traded that guy the heat just right. don't have that same kind of list well but Beverly, oh, I got one. go ahead michael beasley no, that, there's another one. Hey, look, I'm, I, he put up some numbers outside of Miami. I, that's he, he, as much as I'll say. <laughs> here's another one. They traded Norris Cole, and Norris is doing a podcast now, and and uh, Norris did very well in Europe, but Norris didn't do anything really in the NBA after he left. He had one little run with New Orleans. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to – has there been any – I mean, Rio, I get – Rio was a developed player at that point. <laughs> I, 
I mean, is that the only that's one? The, that's the one. And he's going to he, get paid. He, here's why I'm, I'm, uh, I'm making this point. Okay. Because we get caught up on the players we're watching every day. And then they leave and it becomes pretty apparent that Eric Spolstra squeezed as much out of them as you possibly could. And that's, and so to me, unless the rest of the league has figured that out, which to a certain degree, I think some organizations have that if we get a heat player, yeah, he's going to have culture, but he's probably not going to be as good as he looked in Miami. Right. I wonder two things. Does that hurt them in trades now? Because why do you want to, I mean, you go get a Josh Richardson and he's like, oh my God, you know, okay. He was like a number one option for Miami. Not a great one, obviously, but he was a number one option, but now it's like, he can't get off the bench. Okay. Philly got gave up on him after one year. Dallas regrets the trade for Seth Curry. Justice is still, I mean, he doesn't play. I mean, he got back from injury. He doesn't play. I just wonder, A, does that hurt Miami in trades now? Because do you really want their guys culture aside, you know, because they're, they, they're just not as good as they looked in Miami. And two, does that mean we should stop overrating these guys? And if, if, if Portland wants Tyler hero for CJ McCullum, who's a borderline all-star, you trade Tyler hero for CJ McCullum because Tyler hero is probably better in Miami than he's going to be in Portland. Is that, is that fair, Greg? Yes. You've made a great case. Um, and you know, to take it even a step further, uh, a couple scouts that I've kept in contact with for a very long time have told me that like, there are moments where guys go and get contracts after they leave Miami and like the collective view from the scout community is up. Oh, there's another one. They got another one, like, because they're never the same. And, uh, and so I, I think that there is legs to that around the league. Um, but some guys, their talent level, their, their polish, the way they play can transcend some of that, like culture stuff, like, like Tyler Hero is not Rodney Magruder. Draymond, Draymond Green's not going to make the Rodney Magruder joke about Tyler Hero mm. yet. Um, so I think Hero is a little bit of a different situation, but definitely everyone knows you get maximized by Spo and company. Yeah, I mean, Alex, is that? I mean, this is why the 16 and 17 off seasons annoyed me so much because, you know, it's like, why would the Heat overrate their own guys when they know that their players are better with them than anybody else? So just go get Jeff Green on a one-year contract or at the time Tyreek Evans before he had the drug issues on a one-year contract and just let Dion and JJ walk because I mean, again, Dion is another one. Like has it done? You, you look at that 16, won a 17 title after leaving the heat. I don't know, but look at the 16, 17 team. Look at the team that went 30 and 11 who has had success outside of Miami in that group. I mean, Dragic is still here. Tyler found a role in Brooklyn. Tyler Johnson, right? Yeah. He gets the, the heater getting guys into good situations to, to you know, ride the bench and win a title. They did it with Dion. Now Tyler's about to reap the benefits. No, but really, I think you made a really strong case. I wouldn't throw Tyler into that category yet. And I could see him being better in another situation in here just because he hasn't grown into his body yet. He's only a second year. I mean, he just finished his second season in the league and a really weird second one at that where he didn't even get a real summer. And I'm not even making excuses. I'm just saying, like, as time goes on and he gets more training camps, more years in, I, I do think he's going to be a, a pretty good player in this league and better than he has been in these first couple of seasons, but I don't disagree with you. I, I would throw him in a, in a trade for a win now guy, just because I don't think of Tyler as like, I'm not on the same wavelength as Pat when it comes to him being a core piece. Like I'm not mad at that. I'm not, I'm not angry at that. You know, he just I don't think that. he fans should be, but he, Alex, he just said that. I, I, yeah, I, don't... I, I agree with your sentiment that like him kind of throwing it in there in the back yeah. half, it, it was just kind of like, 
you know, we've talked, we talked him up so much in the past that, you know, we, you don't want to talk. I think you can't say too much to bring him down. And he's, mm-hmm. he's had a, he's had a rough season. You know, he had a rough season, especially with uh, his perception now with heat fans. Like, I feel like it's kind of taking a nosedive compared to where it was in that Celtic series after he went off. So no, I would trade him in the right package. I think you got to be careful who you do trade him for, but uh, I'm absolutely not opposed to that as, as good as I think he can be in this league. All right. I got, I got one more thing to add to this uh, after this, just, and uh, you guys, I want you to answer it quickly because it, it make you think as we leave, as we go out the door, uh, got to check out prizepicks.com prizepicks.com use the code five uh, Greg and I have still been placed on our bets during the playoffs. I haven't had a hell of a lot of luck lately, but make sure you go make sure play the overs. I'm just telling you play the overs uh, pair players together. You can get into baseball and all that. We know this is an NBA podcast, so just play it during the playoffs. Check out who they got on the board. You can do the single stat. You can do the fantasy stats. I prefer this, the, the single stats now because it's, it's a little clearer in terms of what you're looking for here. Um, and, and you can play flex play. So you can basically hedge your bets. You can play power play and go all in. So throw $20 down, use the code five. Use the code five. You'll get your deposit matched. Put $20 down and just give it a shot. Uh, Prizepicks.com. We've had more than 150 signups uh, here in the past few months. So people are playing it. They're enjoying it. And thank God the Florida legislature tabled something so you can still play for the next year at the very least. So get in your playing while you can before they make a bad decision and ban daily fantasy sports down here. So check out prizepicks.com. Use the code five. Uh, Here's a question for you. Uh, and I want you to answer quickly. If Bam Adebayo was traded to another organization, would we say the same thing about him? Oh, would man. we say better in Miami? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, you got me on the ropes here, man. Listen, I really don't listen, know what to say. Uh, let me just make this quick point. Every player that's ever came through Miami, the best version of themselves took place in Miami. That oh, includes yeah. Braun, that includes Dwayne, that includes whoever the hell else you want to talk to him. Like maybe not. Let, let's not do the Penny Hardaway thing because that was so yeah. late. So like, don't let, don't like poke <laughs> holes Todd in Day, this. Maybe. But they've never had a guy come. Um, maybe Jamal Mashburn. That's the only one. Well, Mash had revenge on his mind, and he was already opening all his, uh, you know, whatever the Dunkin' Donuts and the Arby's and everything else. Mash taking over the world here. Um, I don't know how many guys I'll say this, like other than Spo, would have put Bam in the position to be like what he's turned out to be in these first couple of seasons as a starter. Like, I don't know how many got how many guys would have empowered him in the way that he has. I know, like you know, we talked about all the frustrations that we had with Spo using Bam as a scorer, but. Over the past couple of seasons, what he what he's turned Bam into is one of the most unique players in the league. So I will say, in in a world where it's a vacuum and it's like, okay, he wasn't drafted to the Heat. No, I don't think he would have became this guy. Now, when you frame it as like, okay, let's say they were to just trade him now to another team, I still do think he has upside. So I do think he could get better, and teams have seen him be so effective in the high post and. I think teams can just kind of mimic some of the actions that the Heat run and 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 make him a better player from there. So that's why I, I hesitate a little bit. Zach Lowe loves him, so the NBA is going to continue to love him. Well, they would love him, but it is why we have to sort of hedge a little of the criticism of Spolstra for not using him maybe the way Pat wants him to be used now because I don't think that most coaches would have even used Bam the way he's been used to this point. He's I think really most coaches would have, would have just used him as a rim runner 
Um, sort of like we used to talk about Clint Capella or somebody along those lines, you know, just a big to kind of stay out of the way and crash the boards and, and, and try to, you know, dunk on breaks as opposed to being basically your point center. Uh, so I, I do think Spo, I think we have to be um, nuanced in the way we discuss this, that I, I think Bam has gotten to this point in large part because of his hard, hard work, but also because of Spo's ingenuity. But now we're at the stage where maybe Spolstra needs to be a little less creative and a little more bam, look at the freaking basket. Anyway, we're, we'll get into Jimmy Butler next. Uh, we'll talk about Duncan and, and none in an episode coming up. So we're just kind of we're going to break down Pat's comments and, and, and go forward here. Have a uh, have a good night. Make sure you check out Full Court Press on the YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.